Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. While Moonshot, the activist tech company which is tackling terrorism, extremism and online harm, recently announced that it will be establishing a software development centre in Dublin. Ross Frenet, the co-founder of Moonshot, joins me now to discuss this fascinating company. Ross, before we get under the bonnet of Moonshot, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Absolutely, happy to happy to uh, do that. So I'm from Cove, down in uh, down in County Cork, and I've always had an interest in violent extremism and terrorism. Um, even, but frankly, when I was in school in transition year, I was doing projects on terrorism and extremism. So since then, kind of went along, studied it a bit further, spent some time working in uh, Deloitte Technology Consulting Arm, and then eventually got working directly on, on terrorism. And after about five years of that, I decided with, with my co-founder, Vidram Lingam, to start up our own company um, that would use uh, technology to find and prevent terrorism and other online harms. I'm intrigued, I have to say. It's the first time in 10 years in this programme that somebody has said to me they had an interest in terrorism. Where did that culminate from? When I'm talking to non-Irish people, I always explain to anyone who isn't from Ireland that Irish people have a unique perspective on political violence, on terrorism, on extremism, because the rest of the world, you know, especially post 9-11, used to, used to kind of see terrorists as the other, um, you know, lads with horns across the sea who are trying to, trying to kill you. Whereas, you know, in Ireland, we know that, um, you know, we, lots of us um, of, of my generation, and I think yours as well, Carl, would have grown up with the troubles on the TV. Normal people can get drawn into terrorism, can get drawn into extremism in a way that most other countries don't understand. So, I mean, actually, I'm, I'm not unique. If you look at counterterrorism um, terrorism studies around the world, there's a, a, a disproportionate number of Irish people working on it. And I, I think that's the reason. And of course, it has to be said as well, Ross, that we're very much moving away from physical weapons to digital weapons, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, one of the things that we all need to realise is that the division between the physical world and the and the uh, digital world is, is, is largely gone. So, you know, where people would previously radicalise in person, they now radicalise, radicalise online. But where we really need to... Um, what we really need to realise is that that online radicalisation can go beyond just people mouthing off on Twitter. I mean, the, the, the biggest example we've seen of this is probably the January 6th insurrection in the States. So how did yourself and your co-founder, Vidya, identify a niche in this particular market for Moonshot back in 2015? Yeah, it's a great question. So in 2015, myself and my co-founder, Vidya, um, we're spending a lot of time in meetings, a lot of time uh, at conferences and elsewhere talking about the internet and extremism. But every single conversation we had would always just frame this negatively. So all anyone would ever want to talk about is, oh my God, terrorists are using the internet, what are we going to do? And you always got this impression that the, all of the policymakers we were talking to, they just wanted to shut it all down and let have things go back to how they were in the 1970s. Myself and Vidya, um 
had a much more positive view of what the internet could be used for. We said, yes, extremists are using it, but we can use it too. We can use the internet to find those that are flirting with extremist ideologies, so if they're thinking about joining ISIS or thinking about joining a neo-Nazi organization, we can use the internet to understand them, you know, in the same way that marketers using advertising understand people, and we can use it to get them help. And the initial concept for the business was to use data analytics to counter violent extremism and terrorism. How exactly did this work? Yeah, it's a good question. So the the general idea is that we will use the same tools that marketers and political campaigns and others are using, but instead of using them to sell you Coca-Cola or to convince you to vote for someone, um, we use those tools to find and understand um, people who are interested in terrorism, organized crime, disinformation, things like that. And just say, listen, neo-Nazis in this particular county in America tend to mostly be men, although 30% of them are women. They tend to be interested in this, this, and this. And now we'll run some campaigns to try and stop them. So we would then use, again, the same marketing techniques you're really, you and your listeners will be very familiar with, which would be online advertising. So... If your listeners think about the one time you click on um, or you Google a pair of shoes and then for a month afterwards, you're hounded with the same ad for the same pair of shoes again and again and again and again and again. We wanted to use that exact same technique, but to stop people from becoming extremists. So if someone indicates that they're interested in extremist movement uh, by Googling something or by something they tweet, then we um, target advertising at them, um, which will then be able to kind of follow them around the internet to uh, uh, try and dissuade them from that course of action. Now, Ireland, of course, was not immune to being monitored in this regard either. Can you tell us about how Moonshot was used to detect propaganda by dissident Republicans? Yeah, so in the past, we've, so we, you know, we look at uh, forms of kind of political violence, extremism and organized crime all over the world, and Ireland is no exception. Um, so in the past, we actually, um, we took a look at some of the online networks that were being used by different Republicans. In particular, the Facebook networks um, were ones that we, that we uh, took a look at at the time. Um, and what we found is actually dissident Republicans, unlike a lot of other uh, violent extremists, are pretty unsophisticated in how they use the internet. Um, there was, uh, you know, when we looked at it, it was a lot of kind of not Facebook pages, but kind of individual profiles pretending like they were pages and that were connected to other individual profiles. Um, so there were thousands of people connected to these things, but but they were they were pretty broad, but pretty unsophisticated, um, which, uh, you know, also tells you something about the health of the movement. I think dissident republicanism is something which is an ongoing threat across across Ireland, um, but, uh, but it's uh, much less advanced than a bunch of other um, extremist threats. And Ross, what acted as the trigger to move away from the initial concept to its current position of developing technologies and methodologies to tackle the area of online harm? Yeah, it's a great question. So to be honest with you, myself and my co-founder started the company um, just to look at terrorism and extremism. And the reason for that is that was our background. That's what we knew well. Um, we were very familiar with it. And for the first few years, any time we'd be approached and we'd be asked about other areas, we would say, no, we, you know, we just focus on one thing. But over time, we started to realize um, when we were being asked again and again that a lot of the methodologies and a lot of the technology that we initially developed to track and understand extremists, 
could actually be used to help um, identify disinformation patterns, identify organised crime, um, child sexual exploitation and a whole range of other harms. So we actually only very recently changed our mission statement and uh, decided to look much more broadly than just extremism onto a range of other areas of folks causing harm online. And online harm can manifest itself in many forms including gender-based violence and sexual exploitation as you say. But Moonshot actually uses this technology to reach the perpetrators as well as the victims of online harm. That's right, yeah. We've always had a, a, a focus on, I suppose we've had a focus on perpetrators for a few different reasons. First of all, um, we think that you can't uh, solve a problem unless you're focused on you know, solving it at source. So figuring out why is it that people want to do these things and are there ways we can stop them from wanting to do these things. Um, and that can be difficult because you know, in, order to, in order to understand someone, you have to empathize with them. You have to make sure that you're providing them with, with what they need. Um, so that's one, of the, that's one of the kind of things that, again, potentially sets us apart from a few other organizations is we spend a lot of time and effort thinking about perpetrators. And we get help from that from um, lots of folks, including former extremists that we work with on a regular basis that help us to design these campaigns, help us to design these methodologies um, that will give insight into what would have stopped them in the first place. So Ross, in practical terms, how is Moonshot addressing the issue and have you been able to measure its effectiveness? So the way that we're addressing it, I think there'd be um, three main ways. The first is um, our analytical tools help to build the evidence base for governments, for nonprofit organizations, for international organizations to properly understand this phenomenon. The second is that we um, try and, uh, so, so, that's, so that's the first bit. The second is we try and then influence um, kind of policy of, of, of large technology companies and others so they can do this stuff more effectively. And then the third is we directly intervene ourselves. And the, the way you measure the effectiveness of that is you look at the amount of time people are actually spending talking to someone um, and uh, whether or not the, there has been a, a statistically significant shift in um, the uh, amount of content posted online. And what clients have you secured to date? Yeah, to date, we, we work with a wide range of clients. So we work um, primarily with governments. So probably, uh, I'd say about 80% of our work is with governments. So that'll be, um, you know, the United States government, the Canadians, the Australians, the British. Um, we also work with the United Nations and the EU. Um, and then on the technology company side, uh, we have very good partnerships with um, Google, of course, and then also Facebook and Twitter. Um, so those would be the main people we'd work with. And Moonshot recently completed a funding round. Provide us with an insight into that and how this funding is going to be used to further grow the company. Yeah, so we're lucky enough to have recently received an investment from uh, two venture capital funds, uh, one called Mercea and one called Berenjea. Um, and uh, that funding round is about $7 million. And the way the funding is going to be used is for two main things. First of all is uh, developing our technology. So we have a whole range of in-house tools that we've built over the last few years. We want to mature those, get them to the point where maybe we could even license some of those. And also then to fund an international expansion, which includes our establishment of a new office in Washington, D.C., and, of course, a new office right here in Ireland. What particular skill sets will you be looking for here in Ireland? In Ireland, we're primarily going to be looking at engineering to begin with. So we're establishing our software development centre um, 
in Ireland. And we're going to be looking, first of all, for kind of lead developers, senior folks, uh, a, a chief technology officer, and then working down the list um, to start fleshing out some engineering jobs. So initially, this is definitely going to be an engineering base. But over time, we do envisage that some analyst jobs, some uh, customer relationship jobs will also be coming to Ireland as we flesh out more of our work across the European Union. What are the future growth plans that you have in mind then for Moonshot on a global sphere over the coming years? So we're a very ambitious. Uh, we're a very ambitious company. We're very ambitious individuals. Uh, so we would see, we want to see our uh, products in the hands of every deser- deserving decision maker in the world. If someone is dealing with terrorism or organised crime um, we th- and they're doing so in an ethical way, um, we want them to be doing that using our data, our analytics and our methodology. Um, for that to become a reality, we would obviously need massive global expansion. But, um, you know, it, for us, uh, it, it's not a question of um, wanting to do this um, just for the crack. It's a question that we think in order to fulfil our mission to make the world a better place, we have to do this. And Ross, what's the end goal here? Are you building this to sell it or to keep it? Um, no, not building it to sell it. To be honest with you, myself and my co-founder are... Uh, we're we're activists that are that have built a company rather than the other way around. I think there are folks out there, and, and more power to them. Nothing nothing wrong with that. But there are folks out there who start companies because they think they'll be able to sell or they think they're able to make some money. Um, myself and Vidya just thought that a company was the best way to achieve the mission we wanted. So, if there's any other like-minded individuals out there listening to this morning's program that are activists and they're thinking about how they can have the greatest impact by starting a business especially in the IT space, what advice have you got for them? For us, what we found is that everyone, when when things began, was pushing us towards, you have to be a charity, you have to go out and get donations, um, you have to kind of effectively have have that legal structure. But we took a step back and realised that if we provide something good, then governments and other folks are going to want to do it. And that there's not a contradiction between ethics and business. In fact, there can be a virtuous cycle between ethics and business. If you make sure that every single product that goes out your door is, you know, at the utmost quality, and you're, you're, you're doing that quality assurance because you care, not because of, um, not because of uh, a business reason, but it does mean you start to get a reputation for quality and uh, things will start to grow. Um, the final piece is anyone who's ever tried to start a business will know that it is an incredibly difficult thing to do you will not be able to continue on and do the 14-hour days you need to do unless you care deeply about the mission. And that's why I actually think activists are very well-placed to become some of the world's best entrepreneurs. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Ross Frenet from Moonshot, and this company will definitely be one to watch. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.